past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you're joining us here today and you are going to be glad that you're joining us. As usual, we've got a great guest for you Kayvon Kian, who's going to share about how we can help ourselves and if we're working with others, how we can help them make the most out of their career. And, and Kayvon, I was so excited when you shared this with me because, of course, we know that this is the beginning of the year and everybody's trying to achieve new goals. And that brings with it um, some challenges. So I'm glad that you're here to share with us a little bit about that. Thank you, Marie. Also very much for the invitation. Yes, yes. So tell us the title of your book again. The title is uh, What is Water? How Young Leaders Can Thrive in an Uncertain World. Yeah, and uncertain. You know, it's there's so much energy around 2021 and how positive everyone is is, is excellent. And we're <laughs> still dealing with so much uncertainty. So I, I love this topic and talking about how we can thrive anyways. So in the book, you talk about clearing out the noise. Tell us a little bit more about that. Of course, when it comes to uh, uncertainty, especially these days working with people uh, long distance, virtually, you don't see each other face to face, there's a lot of noise that can uh, come into existence when it comes to communicating with each other. And Often what can happen is that uh, imagine somebody gets uh, some negative feedback on a presentation or on some work. Uh, The world is tough already as it is, and there's a risk that uh, we overinterpret negative signals. And uh, with clearing out the noise, it means uh, are there ways to not necessarily make things better than they are at first, but at least not worse, let's make them seem worse than it is. And in, if you get some feedback, if there are negative signals, can you think about, is this a subject about me? Is it personal or is it impersonal? Uh, what's the scope? Is it everything? Is everything bad about this presentation? Or uh, is it very something very specific? And uh, what about the time? Uh, is this going to uh, have implications forever? Or this too shall pass. This is temporary. These small reality checks that uh, help many clear out the noise uh, in a world that's already uh, tough as it is. Yeah, and that's so true, right? We tend to focus on the negative. Uh, when we get that negative feedback, we focus there and, mm-hmm. and maybe don't even hear the, the good things. Or in the psychology realm, we call it awfulizing, (laughs) where then everything is awful because we got that one negative piece of of news. Yeah, and it uh, can sting, of course, uh, when you feel that uh, you've hit the roadblock or things didn't go the way that uh, you had envisioned them or somebody reacted in a way that you hadn't expected. And it's important to take appropriate measures to solve things. But uh, if you don't clear out the noise, if you don't think about this uh, reality check on a daily basis, 
you might actually lose a lot of uh, energy, time and attention that uh, could have been used uh, much better. Mm. Yeah. So you, you talked about it a little bit, but maybe one or two specific tips that people can use to clear that noise. Mm-hmm. I think what is uh, important is to realize that uh, your first reaction um, is not very much in your control. For any reason, uh, you hear something and uh, it can hurt. But it's very important to be able to realize that your very first reaction might not fully uh, correspond with reality. And is there a way to maybe pause before you respond? Or before you write back an email, is there a way to have a conversation with somebody else to uh, think this through, get the right facts uh, or anything that uh, can be helpful? And the three dimensions mainly would be to think about, is this personal or impersonal? Is it about me? Is there something that, uh, is there a skill or is something that's wrong with me? Or is this really something about, uh, that has nothing to do with you? Um, Or... What's the uh, scope here? And uh, it's important to make sure that you don't downplay a problem, but also don't make it unnecessarily bigger than it is. And also thinking through uh, how much of an implication will this have over time. Mm. Now, some people benefit from talking out loud about this with someone that they know well, someone who has nothing to do with the situation. But most people I know just knowing that... uh, Oh, there are three dimensions that I can do a quick check on and let's not make things seem worse than they actually are. Gives them the motivation to continue. Yeah, yeah. And, and processing out loud with others or maybe journaling, right? We know the, the power of journaling. So writing mm-hmm. those things down can be helpful uh, as well. So one of the other challenges that people have, um, especially during this time of the of year, is feeling overwhelmed and just having, mm-hmm. you know, all of this, maybe even all of these good things, goals and and ideas and what we want to achieve. What are some of the ways that you help people get rid of that overwhelm or manage it, I guess? Yeah, in a world that uh, you're even more exposed to everything that's happening uh, at the same time, be it through social media, the news, email, through work, conversations, and everything that's going on, it's very understandable that uh, it can feel very overwhelming if you want to uh, work on everything at the same time. Now, in the book, the basic idea that uh, we borrow from many philosophies is uh, what we call having a radical focus on what you can control knowing that at any given moment of time, uh, there are, uh, whether you want it or not, an infinite amount of things that are out of your control. But at the same time, there are always also things that are within control. And how good are you in making a distinction between the two? How often do you ask yourself that question uh, in order not to be indifferent or apathetic and uh, um, shrugging off uh, everything that happens around you, but to actually cultivate uh, a very active attitude in life. And in this way, uh, by always being able to make this distinction, 
that could be uh, of tremendous help in not feeling overwhelmed by actually making sure that uh, you focus on what you can control, which is the best antidote against the sense of overwhelm. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I like that, that radical focus on what you can control. So mm-hmm. one of the things that um, I hear a lot from people is this idea of searching for something meaningful. And this is particularly mm-hmm. comes up right now, too, because, you know, we're at the beginning of the year and everybody thinks, so oh, I want to find a new job or it'll be more meaningful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you approach that. So also here, it's uh, important to acknowledge that the desire for finding meaning is uh, very deep, runs uh, deep within us uh, for as long as humanity can remember. And uh, that need, it's very important to be able to address. A famous philosopher Nietzsche also said that those who have a why, a sense of meaning, can bear almost any how. So that a sense of meaning helps us thrive through difficult times, uncertain times, and uh, also even good times can become much more colorful and rich. The question, of course, is how do you find that uh, sense of meaning? And if you're very lucky, maybe, yes, you can find the activities that are very obviously meaningful uh, to you, and you can decide that you can build a career based on that. However, uh, even those jobs uh, will have moments where you might be thinking, oh, why was I doing this in the first place? Uh, There are always activities that are maybe less interesting or less obviously meaningful. So the main skill, the main idea also in the book here is that uh, don't miss out on the meaning that's already happening around you. And at any given moment of time, you can ask yourself, what am I contributing to at this moment? And is this something personal? Is this for your career? Is this a way to build your character? You're building courage, uh, patience, uh, diligence, wisdom. Are you learning something, even though it might not be pleasant? At least it's contributing to your own knowledge. Or is it for others that you're doing it? Is it relational? Is it for your family? Is it for your team members? Is it for people who you care uh, deeply for? Or is it for the organization? Is it something that you're building together and uh, you want to make sure that this organization lasts away into the next decade? Or is it something for society and that what you're doing is somehow either preventing harm or contributing in a positive way, giving access to people who need it and so forth? Now, many activities, it's not always obvious, especially if it's more abstract, if it's more knowledge work, if it's working from home where you don't see the tangible results. Nevertheless, practicing this meaning muscle can uh, help at any given moment of time. Most likely, there are things you're contributing to, but you might not just be aware of them at that moment. Yeah, and we might have to do a little bit of work to figure out how what we're doing does add value to us or to exactly. others. Yeah. 
and then, work not only for ourselves, but uh, a good point uh, just to add is uh, also for others. Often we might ask uh, a favor or request uh, something for work from others, but if we don't share the context, how is this request contributing to something larger? You might deprive someone of meaning that is already there. Yeah, and for leaders especially to communicate that meaning or to <coughs> help the individual identify the meaning can then help with the motivation and, and accomplishment and all of that. So that meaning isn't necessarily something we go and find in a new job. It's something that mm-hmm. we might be able to find where we're at. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about strengths and strenuous gifts, which I I look forward to learning about that. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking with Kayvon Kane about how we can be more thoughtful in our career and as a leader, especially as we enter this new year. So we've talked about clearing out the noise when we feel all that negativity and somewhat that applies as well to that feeling of overwhelm, just really focusing in on what does matter. And then in our ability to find meaning and create meaning, maybe as a better phrase, create meaning in everything that we do by identifying how it adds value for ourselves or for others. So then you get into this idea of the distinction between our strengths and strenuous gifts. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Indeed. When it comes to skills, most people often look at them in a one-dimensional way. Am I good at something or not? And that's a very understandable way of looking at it. However, many miss an important second dimension, which is energy. 
while you're doing something, is it draining you or is it actually energizing you? Now, the risk of not thinking about the second dimension is, of course, that uh, your environment wouldn't know whether something drains you or energizes you. They mainly see how good you are at something. And with good intentions, they might think, well, you should do what you're good at. So let's give you even more opportunities of doing these uh, activities. However, uh, you can imagine how somebody feels after 10, 20, 30, or even more hours per week doing the things that they are indeed good at. However, uh, the things that also drain them. And it might not be very obvious why someone might be missing satisfaction at work, might not be very much looking forward to the start of the week, even though the results are good, the accomplishments are there, and others are actually very happy with uh, the work that you're doing. And this is a category that uh, in the book we call strenuous gifts, things you're also good at, however they drain you, as opposed to strength, things you're good at that energize you. This could be any skill. This could be organizing, could be conflict resolution, it could be coding, it could be creativity, it could be listening, coaching, you name it. But keep in mind, while you're doing something, is this something that energizes you or not? And is there a way to maybe moderate it if you are not getting as much energy from it as you thought you would? Now, the same applies also for the things you're not so good at. Because just because uh, you're not very good at performing a certain skill doesn't mean forget about it. Mm. There could be things that uh, make you curious, get you interested, get you excited, energize you. And because you never really put in the hours in it, uh, you never really became very good at it. Now, in an uncertain world, in a challenging setting, uh, in a uh, work environment that's already so demanding... Finding things that energize you, whether you're good at them or not, can make a very big difference, uh, of course, throughout the week, months, and year. Yeah, so it's this difference between, like you said, the things that we're good at that don't give us energy, that's not a strength, and some people kind of forget that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we think, oh, I can't focus just on the things that give me energy because... The, you know, I've got to be more realistic about things. And, and so I like that idea of, of looking for the areas where we can add our skills in the things that do give us and maybe build on our skills uh, in ways as well. So those strenuous gifts, um, what are some ways that people can identify and maybe have conversations with their boss around those strenuous gifts. How can we set some of those aside? Mm-hmm. That's a very good point, especially the idea to talk, of, talk about it. Now, it's, the biggest distinction would be to say, is an activity giving you certain satisfaction or energy? Not after you've done it, because the result would be great and Good results, of course, uh, give that satisfaction, but while you're doing it. And this could be a conversation to have with a team and saying, okay, can we maybe think of maybe one or two strenuous gifts that we all have? And that's at least helpful for us to be aware of them. 
and maybe that means we're able to rearrange the task slightly differently. Maybe it's possible to uh, maybe put a certain task in a different sequence over time. Not all of the strenuous gifts in the same week uh, for yourself. Having this conversation, acknowledging that we all have things that we're good at but not give us as much energy could be a big relief by itself. Yeah. And, then, and there's usually ways to have that conversation with our boss that doesn't have to sound like, hey, I don't like doing this. <laughs> I don't like doing this. Can I do something else? Well, one, one simple way is uh, to uh, draw, the, draw two lines uh, on a board with a group and say, well, there are certain things I'm good at, certain things I'm not so good at. That's the horizontal line. And in the middle, you can draw a vertical one showing that there are certain things that drain me and certain things that energize me. You cannot disagree with that. Everybody has certain skills that fall in these categories. And the point here is, of course, not to say, oh, I don't like to do this, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But given who I am today, given my energy levels, given what's already being demanded, is there a smarter way to maybe rearrange all of this? And uh, that can, of course, bring a lot more excitement and being able to do the things maybe that you're not good at that energize you could uh, be something that in the future will help you develop new strengths because you've got so much more effort and uh, feedback and uh, quantity time invested in it. Mm, Good, good. So one of the ideas that I also really enjoyed that you talked about is this idea of favorite things. So we've got the uncertainty and the negativity, and we're trying to filter that out. But one of the other things you talked about is being intentional about our favorite things. What does that mean? And and maybe even how that's different than strengths. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's important to acknowledge that uh, even negative emotions uh, have their benefits, say, up front. And uh, there's a time and place, and they might help you take certain decisions that uh, you otherwise wouldn't have uh, uh, taken. But there's a lot you can't do in a state of flight or flight that you can do in a much more positive state. In addition to the fact, of course, that positivity feels good. So you don't need to justify uh, why you would like to feel that. The challenge, of course, is that uh, only you know what gives you that positive feeling. Your team members might not know, and uh, many others around you also don't know. So the question here is, uh, with inspired by the film The Sound of Music, uh, what are your favorite things? What are those maybe small, specific, and simple things that uh, brighten your day, that uh, do put a smile on your face? And is there a way to weave them through your day? Especially now, I would emphasize, because maybe there were some natural routines where many of your favorite things uh, would be part of your life. If it's uh, being in the morning, uh, seeing a sunrise on the way to work, or if it's uh, having a certain uh, kind of tea. But If you're working from home and you don't have that routine and you're not with 
colleagues that you usually see, and the world is very different. If you leave it up to chance, there's a risk that many of these favorite things of yours might not uh, be part of your life anymore. So that's the whole idea of being more intentional about it and uh, thinking, okay, what could be one, two, or three things for myself, but also for my teams that I can encourage them to uh, brighten up the day given the situation that we're in. Yeah, we have to be a little bit more intentional about creating that, you know, moment of coffee or connection or whatever it was Mm -hmm. that we enjoyed before um, and to not let that go away, to find a way to have that little moment that those little moments that we enjoy so i want you to share with us uh, how people can connect with you where they can find you and where they can find the book (laughs) so i think the easiest way is uh, through social media always uh, through linkedin uh, twitter and uh, the book is available on most websites in ebook for those who uh, prefer that, also an audiobook and uh, also in paperback and hardcover. So most websites, most stores would have a copy of, uh, of the book. And um, anyone can, of course, uh, uh, reach out and uh, connect about the content or uh, thinking other things through, especially throughout uh, these days at the start of the year. Excellent. Well, it was so nice to learn from you and and hear your your tips. Let's just do your top two tips for young leaders or people who are working with young leaders. What would your top two tips be for them to focus on this year? <laughs> top tip would be make it practical for yourself. Uh, the answer to what does it mean to have a radical focus on what you can control? And how could you apply this lens to all aspects of uh, your work and career right now? And find ways to invest your heart, your time, your energy, your creativity on all those things that where you do have control and uh, be a bit more indifferent Uh, for good reasons, to all the things that are fully out of your control. And that way, hopefully, you will win a lot of hours, a lot of days that uh, can bring you to where you want to be. Excellent. That radical focus on what we can control. Well, I am so glad that you came to share with us and... and, uh, People can find you on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and if you your your name is very unique, K A Y V A N and K I A N, right? Correct. Yeah, so very easy to find you, and I'm sure people can can connect and and learn more about what you do. And young leaders, I feel like right now are especially struggling, you know, mm-hmm. virtual onboarding and having to step into maybe new leadership roles without that mentorship that they might have gotten in an in-person office or just some of the things like you were saying that we were used to being able to do in, a, in an in-person office. So I know they, they need a lot of support. 
So thank you for that. Just one little shout out here. Our career thought leaders, one of the sponsors of our show is having their certified personal brand strategist class coming up. So if you are a coach or a service provider for leadership development, leadership coaching, that's one of the tools that our our community uses to help leaders know who they are and be really focused in how they build their brand, their reputation, and and what people know about them as they move forward in their career. So if you're interested in that, careerthoughtleaders.com, personal branding strategist, and we'd look forward to having you in that program so you can have tools to help leaders be more secure in who they are. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back here on The Career Confidant. We're going to say goodbye to Kayvon, but thank you so much for sharing, and um, we hope people will check out your material and the book. Thank you very much, and good luck with everything in the meantime. Yes, thank you. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we're glad that you've been joining us. And we were listening to some wisdom from Kayvon Keen who is uh, just helping young leaders take control of their careers. And he didn't share too much about himself, but he's been in the business world for, you know, he's he's got some good experience, McKinsey and Company in Amsterdam. And um, he's seen what a, a lot of those people in, in their young careers need to move forward. So if you are going to interested in following him again it's k-a-y-v-a-n k-i-a-n 
and he is out of Amsterdam. So he was joining us super late, which is great. We are in this place of the new year where there's so much energy and hope and, and positivity, which is excellent. And we also have to think about how to harness that and kind of slow burn it instead of wearing it all out in the first month here (laughs) because we are still in a time of uncertainty. We are still in a time where people are are struggling and it's not necessarily going to be all uphill from here, all downhill from here, whichever way you want to see it, right? We put on the rose-colored glasses and there's some good to that and then we've got to also see how can we continue to do good things for ourselves to be able to take care of ourselves and keep moving forward even as we continue to face uncertainty and challenges. And one of the things that Kevon talked about was this idea of clearing the noise and how do we make sure that we're seeing the positive in addition to the negative. And social media, the news, there's a lot of negative there. So we might have to be intentional in seeking out those good news, the good news, the good connections. Um, I'm sure you've seen the Some Good News feature that uh, you can find it on uh, YouTube, Some Good News from um, the gentleman from the office. I can never say his last name, but he's been doing this bit at least, I think, once a week where Some Good News and he He's funny. He brings up some of the good things that are happening with normal people, as well as good things that are happening on a larger scale. But we might have to seek out our own good news from family, from friends, asking people uh, what's going on with them, and maybe even being specific, not to negate the, the challenges that we're all facing, but asking people what was the best part about their day today. It's one of my favorite questions to ask my kids, uh, the four and a two-year-old when they come home from daycare, and I'll ask them, you know, what was your favorite part about today? And most of the time, they say playing outside with my friends. And in fact, when my son, my older son was three, we moved daycares twice in a short amount of time. And I knew that thing that he was struggling because I'd ask him what his favorite part of the day was and he wouldn't be able to answer me. And then after he got settled in, maybe six weeks later, I'd ask him again and he'd say playing outside with his friends. How simple is that? For the best thing about their day to be that they got to play outside with their friends. It doesn't have to be big or expensive or whatever we might make it in our heads for us to create that positive moment in our day and then to focus on it. And we've talked about in this show that gratitude practice and that some people do it where at the end of the day, they write down three things they're grateful. Some people do it at the beginning of the day. They write down the things they're grateful for. I really like the idea of gratitude markers. So seeing things and noticing things and being grateful, presently, consciously making that decision to be grateful for those things that I see. And when we do that, we can practice that focus on the positive. We have to be intentional about it because our brain is somewhat wired to pay attention to the negative to protect ourselves, right? To to get into that fight, flight, freeze and make sure that we don't get into trouble. Our brain is going to focus on the negative. 
So we've got to be very conscious and intentional about how we're going to see the positive. And asking other people about that can be a way to also help us see it. It has to be, you know, done at the the right time and in a thoughtful way. But it can also be helpful for that other person to have that moment to think about what was the best part of my day? What did happen that was good today? Um, And making that a ritual, even within your family, can then help with the, you know, I know I'm going to have to come up with it at the dinner table. And so I'm going to be ready to share that today. That clearing out the noise, both around the negative input that we might be getting and around all of the overwhelm that we might be feeling. And right now, at the beginning of the year, but at any time of the year, you might be listening to this show, there's a lot of new energy around ideas or things that we might want to do. Or maybe we're feeling kind of a lack of that because we're just so overwhelmed we can't even go there. And how can we clear the noise around all of the things that we feel like we have to do or need to do and find some time and space for those favorite things that Kayvon was talking about? Because my my favorite things, when they disappear, the need to do and have to do don't get done either. Finding that balance and finding those opportunities to really create energy for myself in what I do and create space for those things that I like to do. Which flows right into this idea of strengths and the strenuous gifts. And in the coaching world, um, our, our colleague Dick Nodell been teaching this concept for a long time in, the, in the, his words of our, our burnout skills. So strenuous gifts I like, it has a fun ring to it. Burnout skills, those things that we maybe are good at, but they don't give us energy. And we might not be able to craft them out of our jobs completely, but how can we really sit down and think about, you know, these are the things that drain my energy and how can I move that to a different space, maybe a different space of my day, a different time, maybe someone else would love to do it, right? Our strenuous gifts are oftentimes other people's strengths. So how could we share that and give someone else an opportunity to do those things? Now, I know there's a kind of an old adage about eating your frogs in the morning and doing those things that are most challenging to do in the morning. And that may work for some people, but it may not work for others because when you sit down and you think, oh, I you know, have to do this first thing in the morning, you may not have the energy you need. Some people do. They wake up with that energy. Some people don't, (laughs) right? They're not that morning person and they don't wake up with that energy. So you might do your favorite thing first and then you have that energy to move into the other things. It really takes some experimenting to know what works for you and how that energy flows so that you can do the things you need to do and, and do them as well as you can and then also look for opportunities to delegate, automate, eliminate. What do you really need to be doing? And and especially with those things that zap your energy, where might we be able to put them or minimize them by using some of those other tools and making more time for the things that are our favorite things, those strengths that gives us energy, that's not a luxury. That actually makes you more successful 
because you bring more energy to everything that you do. And don't you love working with the people that bring energy to the work that they're doing? It makes it easier. And when we are dragging our feet, everyone around us can see that and feel it. And our work product is not as good. So there's this kind of element of, oh, that sounds nice. Sounds great to be able to use my strengths. But there's actually good in it for you and your organization and your company for you to find ways to use your strengths more and minimize the time and effort that you're spending doing things that are your burnout skills or your your strenuous gifts. And working with your team to help them identify that can be so empowering and fun. And in fact, during this time uh, of COVID, where you might be having a little bit more challenging time connecting with your team, it can be a great activity for them to do to have a, a team building. Understanding each other's strengths, understanding each other's burning, burnout skills, and really finding creative ways that you might be able to, to craft jobs, move things around, and or automate, eliminate things that are not helping your team with their energy. And maybe also adding in this element of the favorite things and how are people still having those favorite things happen? How are they making time for that, you know, gourmet coffee or, you know, we used to drive to work and some people really enjoyed that drive. Maybe they listen to the radio, they listen to podcasts. How can they recreate some of that for themselves, especially as we see looking here forward that it may be quite a long time before some of us are being able to get back to those rituals. Even if we are going back to the office, we may not be able to get back to some of those rituals. So how could we recreate them to give ourselves some new energy here moving into 2021 to achieve the things we wanna achieve? We might have to do things differently and be more intentional about that energy. So we're gonna take a short break and when we come back, I'm going to give you five ways that you can clear out the noise and think about things differently so that we don't get stuck in that negative thinking pattern. So five ways that we can recover faster and break out of of negative patterns when we get stuck and especially with all the negative input we might have coming right now. So we'll take a short break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about how we can take control of our career a little bit on the mindset side. So how can we manage the negativity and overwhelm and negative feedback that we might be getting and move that to its rightful place so that we can use what we need from it and then move forward. So I'm going to give you five tips for reducing overwhelm and that negative input. And the first thing is to seek the positive proactively. So recognize that we tend to see the negative. Go back and read emails and really think about what is the positive here. Go back and when you feel like you've got negative feedback, think about what was the positive there. And also, what is what can I do about this? What do I want to do about this? Because sometimes you get negative feedback and it's like, yes, that's true. And maybe it's a strenuous gift or something that just isn't, it's not something you want to do something about. And that happens. Now, maybe something you need to do something about and we'll get to that. But kind of put it in its place. Where does it belong? What do you want to do with it? And what really needs to be done with it? When I work with clients and our coaches work with clients, one of the assessments that they take is called the 360 reach, which gives you feedback from people all across your life. That's why it's called 360. So your family, your friends, your coworkers, etc. And there's a part in it where people tell you your strengths and your weaknesses. People always go straight to those weaknesses. And I remember when I took it years and years ago, and I need to retake it. It's been a while, like 10 years. And I got feedback that I was an introvert and that for whatever reason, people saw that as negative. Well, there's really nothing I can do about that. That's who I am. What I can do is recognize that I need to protect my energy, and if I'm going to go and do something, figuring out if it's the right thing for me, right, is this a good place for me to be with my energy, and two, how can I bring the energy I need to bring to that experience while still being me, because that energy has its own 
pros. And and in fact, it kind of took me seeing other people in my line of work who are also introverts and how they brought something special to what they did with that energy instead of trying to be extroverted and bring extroverted energy. How could I own that piece of me? honestly one of the things I love about personal branding because when we're trying to be somebody that we're not it never works it never works and especially doesn't work long term I burned out I burned out really quick trying to be extroverted because guess what I wasn't and so when I can feel confident and comfortable in who I am and seek that positive in myself then I'm more likely to also seek the positive in others This is also one of those things that you don't need to be saving the whole world, right? We don't need to be making everything better for everyone. And we also don't need to assume that we are better than everyone, which gets us in trouble because of this, right? You're driving your car and someone cuts you off. And your first thought is, oh, they're a horrible driver. How could they do that? Well, one, I'm sure we've all done it. And two, how could we assume positive intent? Or how could we give that person the benefit of the doubt or give them grace, whatever words you want to use? And I tend to do it by thinking about what might be going on for them. So instead of getting mad and thinking, why did they cut me off? Think, oh boy, they must, you know, they must be in a hurry. Or I wonder what's going on for them. I hope everyone's okay. Whatever it might be in my mind that helps me consciously and somewhat more specifically, really assume that positive intent that they're doing the best they can do. I'm gonna stay in my lane and do the best that I can do. I'm not in charge of making, you know, making sure that they're doing the best they can do. Unless I'm a leader and then I wanna figure out how to do that in a positive way and not a negative way. One of the positive ways that I can do that, our third, fourth tip I guess here, is to give positive. When you give positive, you're more likely to receive positive. So really consciously thinking about, and for some of us, this comes more naturally than others, but thinking about giving that positive feedback very specifically, connecting it to things that I know my team or family value. So telling someone, oh, you did a great job. That doesn't have that doesn't really do anything. But wow, I really appreciate how thoughtful you were there when you did this specific, connected to things that I know they value or that most people would value, and make it personal. Not about necessarily the work that they did, but how much that impacted me and impacted the work that we're doing or the team or our customers. This brings in that element of meaning that Kayvon was talking about. Too often we give positive praise in a way that doesn't really connect it to meaning and why how someone did something or what they did has meaning, not just that it was a positive performance. A positive performance comes and goes, but when I help them connect what they've done to its meaning, then it stays and it builds those longer term good feel uh, chemicals, if you will, between us versus just the the rush of, yes, you did a, a good job. 
We build those bonds between us more when we share them connected to to the value of what that brought. The last thing here with our negativity is to think about how we might kind of picture it in your mind's eye being contained. So this I learned from my therapist who helped me think about some negative events that continue to play over and over again in my head. And most of us have them. Most of us have them, right? When you said something silly at work or you made a mistake or whatever it might be, that tends to play over and over again in your head. And it's not helping you. It's not getting anywhere. And it might even be the what ifs of today that play over and over again in your head. And she had me picture those and putting them in a box. And you might think about some kind of container that works for you. So if you are spending time in your garage, maybe you put it in, you know, like the 10 cans that hold your tools or whatever it might be. For me, it was a decorative box. And I put these negative thoughts that aren't helping me anymore into that box and then put them in a place where I don't go very frequently, right? And this is all visualizing. We're not talking literal here. Put them in a box and then put that box where I don't go very often, but I know where it is and it's safe. This helps my mind think, okay, those what ifs that maybe help me feel good sometimes because it's a planning and I can think about how I'm going to do things better. But when they get to that point where they're not helping me anymore, I'm going to put them in a box, I'm going to put them in the shed, and I know where they are. I know exactly where they are and I can go back and get them when I need to. But I'm, I'm going to set them there for now. So when we keep replaying those events from work or the fight with our boss or the you know, fight with our spouse or our kids or whatever it might be, how could you contain that? Put it where it belongs, set it aside. The visualization is actually quite powerful to think about putting it away. And you know where it is. You can go back when you get it and get it when you need to. But stop that negative cycling in your brain that isn't serving you, right? That's like keeping your hand on the hot stove. We don't do that. We say, ow, the stove is hot. (laughs) I learned that lesson. I'm going to move on. With other lessons we learn, we tend not to do that as well. And we keep playing them over and over again. So I hope that you'll move forward into 2021. We've got a lineup of great guests joining us here on the show. Stay tuned. You can always check out what's going on at careerthoughtleaders.com. If you're needing a coach or if you are a coach who, who wants to join the community, we've got great resources there. And you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com to share your questions or your ideas for the show. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.